From Sandwich Community TV, I'm Manx Taiki Magyar, and this is Blindside. The entire audio interviews that I've cut to make my short-form video documentaries. In the winter of 2017, myself and former Sandwich TV employee Payson Tickham spoke with Paul White, the woodcarver. Paul White's a longtime Sandwich resident, so he spoke a lot about the history of Sandwich, as well as his passion for wood carving and sculpture. Get into that. <laughs> when, well, when I bought this, you're standing, and it, this probably shouldn't go in there, but you're standing in a two-car garage. You know my house was a ranch house when I bought it? And this was a two-car garage. When you came through the door, there's actually a hole in the floor. There was a pit on that side. These two, this remnants of one of the overhead doors. I gutted the whole thing and then added all the windows and doors, put a wood floor in. Second story of the house, I made a cape out of it. <laughs> We've now been in a couple of old house magazines. I was, I was gonna say because it looks like I mean this looks like an old house, but it's not. Is, is this part? Is this old at all? Or? No, nothing's old. So when you say how long have I been here, I've been here approximately 30 years. I've been doing this for 49 years. And so we've had a lot of practice. And what is the? I mean, where? How is it? How has the, the business kind of changed over time? You know, did it start with eagles? Did it start with signs, sculptures? Like, what, what was the? What's the transition? It started with signage. Okay. Um, you know, the quarter board, as you probably know, is, is, was at one time mandated by maritime law to be on the quarter deck, and it had to be incised into the wood somehow so you couldn't just change the lettering on it and be another boat if you wanted to, coming into a different port. Um, so there's an interesting book called Moon Cusses uh, that was written in 1918 in Chatham, and it was all about the people that rescued crews from shipwrecks. They used to be, before the canal went in, between Chatham and P-Town, there used to be about 365 wrecks a year, almost as many as there were days. And they would rescue the crew, and you know, usually it was on those, uh, all the flats down there and everything. So then afterwards, so it, you know, usually cargoes, and if they could salvage that, they could get money from the owners. And then after that was done, if they were starting to break up, they would start to take stuff off the boat. <coughs> if you know the history of the Cape Cod, you'll know it's pretty denuded by then. They cut the wood off. Um, so there wasn't much for trees left on the Cape. So they would take a pilot house off to use for a pigsty to keep their pigs in, uh, things like that. But they, uh, they started taking, the last thing they would take off, believe it or not, was anything decorative, ship's wheels and figureheads and decorative carvings and quarterboards. And in that book, it talks about this guy went into a barn and saw over 100 quarterboards. It was pretty common if you read Thoreau when he came to Cape Cod, he talks about seeing, I think he called them signs on buildings down Cape. And they were all over Chatham and all the way up through Orleans to P-Town. These quarterboards, they put them on bars just for decoration. And you still see them in bars. So somebody in Chatham, right after the war, late 40s, decided to try, that was back when there was no economy in the winter and there was still only one road to Boston. Um, to keep somebody on in the winter, they decided to try and make these. Some rusticator from New York was in Chatham and saw one of the things, he said, you know, I'd like to get one of those, who makes those? And somebody said, I can make those. And so they started making a chatter, excuse me, with a router. <coughs> and it kind of started a movement, which I actually believe I can trace as the resurgence of the calf sign in the country. So it started, it, you're talking about people originally just hacking off quarter boards from, from ships and hanging them up as decorative pieces. And then when that became trendy, so to speak, people actually started making them. You know, Custom-made quarter boards that yep. weren't for your boat. It was a, it was a sign. Yep. So it's a quarter board. Yep. Style? Yeah, quadboard style sign, exactly. 
Which would be like And yeah, that created a demand. And you know, it got to the point where, as you say, there's a, you know, it's an accurate word, it's trendy, is that people said, oh, I guess I better have one of those in front of my business. And I happened to come along at the right time. All of those were done by machine, and there was one guy called David Holmes, I think he called his business the Yankee Whittler. And I kind of used to go in his shop, and I just, I'm an old soul. I mean, that's why I made a ranch house look like a cape house. And uh, I just love all of this stuff, doing it by hand and wood and uh, the feel of all this stuff. And I decided to make one for business I had at the time. So I made a couple quarter boys that went along the back of my pickup truck. And then somebody said, well, the pickup truck was in 1940 and it needed the engine rebuilt. So I traded it with, traded the guy rebuilt the engine. I did a big sign for his garage. The next thing I know, people were offering me money to do it. And I said, well, I'll try it one summer. By the end of the summer, I had help. I had to hire somebody. That's crazy. And that was, well, it was 47 years ago, I guess. I did it for two or three years. It's kind of a, made some money at it, but it was a hobby that made money. Well, I'll jump, we may go backwards. So sure, that's all right, jump around. Into, I can um, do that. Yeah, well, again, like I was talking to you before, what, I mean, you know, for me, I, I don't, we don't know the business or anything, and so we can't really relate, but when you, when a small business owner comes and they're looking, they're at that point where they're just about to open up, say, and the last step is, okay, we gotta get a sign, and, you know, Maybe they're naive to think at first. They're like, "Oh, let's go, you know, let's go look and see what it's what it costs to get a wooden sign." And it, I'm assuming they're probably sometimes shocked. It's like, oh, "I had no idea it would cost that much." But what what is it that people obviously there's a, there's a huge amount of, of wooden signs that you see all over Cape Cod. A lot of them are yours. What what is the why is it special or why is it important that you have a wooden sign versus uh, or a hand carved sign versus another you know manufactured? Yeah, I, I guess along with the handcuffs sign comes a lot of other stuff. I and mean, we've won a lot of national awards for our, um, sign design. Um, we had the best sign in Massachusetts two different years, I think. Um, it's, it's not complicated, but it is. Um, what happens is, you know, there's no such thing as an average business. But I mean, it could be somebody that was in business, a law firm or a hairdresser or anybody. And... If somebody comes in, the first thing they say is, how much money is it going to cost? And, and I try and turn the conversation right there. How much, how much would you like the sign to increase your business? You're starting a business. How would you like to have make, help this make sure that you stay in business? I mean, I was asked once when I was a member of the chamber, some guy went into Merchant Square and couldn't afford to have a sign, so he took a piece of plywood and hand painted it on it, and he got bagged by the town. They wanted to know if I'd go to the, the historic board and get him out of it. And I said, why don't we just make him a nice sign? Well, we can't afford it. And I'm saying, well, if he can't afford a sign, how can he afford to be in business? Is he getting inventory? As a chamber, we should be teaching this guy how to start a business. So a lot of people come in here looking for a sign, and the first thing they would say is, I want my name in 15-inch high letters, and I'm going to sell divots, so we'll put divots somewhere on the bottom. Well, the first thing we try and get people to do is not, we don't just offer the service of, of making signs, is designing signs. And designing a sign is like designing anything. What does a sign have to do? And one of the most amazing questions, I mean, amazing things to me, when I started asking people this, they really didn't know. Well, aren't I supposed to have a sign? Aren't I supposed to have a business card? And, I, and you know, they're going in, especially a lot of people going into something they love. They want to make, you know, whatever it is. They want to be a hairdresser. They want to make pottery. They want to, uh, whatever. And we get them to, you know, those are willing to, and that's what most people spend their time at least processing it to some degree. What is it that they're trying to convey to somebody? We all know places like McDonald's. I mean, the big word today in business is brand yourself. 
Well, that's, that's good for a lot of things, but if you're going to have a local ice cream shop, it's going to take quite a you know, while to be able to do that. But if you're opening an ice cream shop, what is it that you're trying to say to somebody? I mean, number one, you have to tell them you have ice cream, but you also, do you want to set yourself apart? I mean, it's little things. We did a sign recently on this stretch of road, and they said, well, we're really not too sure we care which color it is. And I said, well, do you want to stand out? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, drive up and down the road a couple of times and look at what color isn't there. If you put a pink sign up or whatever, nobody else has one, that's going to draw your eye more. So again, those kind of things, but again, the message. The most signs are who you are and what you are. Joe Blow, the lawyer, or what have you. And if you cannot, you know, a lot of people say, well, I want to put all the things I sell on there. And that would take about four pages of type print. And it's so that it's, way you can read a sign. Go ahead. Well, so yeah, so that, I mean, that makes sense. So it's an opportunity for them to express the quality of their business. And, I would, and the mission of the business. Yeah, the fact that we have it, I mean, people begin to understand this isn't, this isn't a sign shop. This is a professional sign shop. And that's the key word that we try with everything. We, we can, there isn't a question, you know, the, I, I mentioned somebody acquired about 17 signs. And I said, you know, call me, Let's, not email, because you're going to ask a question, I'm going to answer it, and that's going to cause another question. And it's people are starting a business and haven't thought about this. I don't know if you're familiar with SCORE, but it's a great, great, uh, either familiar with SCORE? SCORE stands for something or other retired executive. It's a free oh, service yeah, all yeah, over the country. Right. Yeah. And uh, they'll tell you the importance of a sign. The sign is the cheapest advertising you're going to have. I mean, you might spend several thousand dollars for something now, but if you amortize it over, we just had a funeral home from Pennsylvania brought this sign back. It was 19 years old. And they took it down that day, you know the week before to bring it to it. Well, you divide it by 365 times 19. It's a pretty cheap, a lot cheaper than any other form of advertising you can have. Yeah. And it reflects your business. There used to be a group called um, Vision from Cambridge, Mass. They came to Sandwich once, and they they had a simple concept. They would they would have a screen, two screens, and a camera, and they would put two businesses up, similar type, let's say restaurants, up on the screen. They say, which one would you rather eat at? It's that simple. How do you get somebody to want to do business? Obviously, if you're getting you know, a high-quality, really nice, classic-looking sign, might not be the thing you'd want if you're selling discount patio furniture and having yard sales. Yeah, the sign, so the sign is the first impression anyone has. Yeah, along with, you know, you need to keep the lawn mowed and paint your building and all that kind of stuff. And people don't seem to understand that it's all of that that makes an impression. If the if any building needs paint, and your sign's leaning over, then they're going to assume you don't, you're not going to make anything that's going to help their business. So we, we have an interesting clientele, and they're not necessarily the people you think they were. They're people that are smart enough to know it's smart to spend 30% more money on this. And it's not just because you can carve, because there's other carvers, too. They come to us because they know we've helped businesses. That's great. I, and I didn't know that you guys did uh, design aspects of it as well. Yeah. I, I, Yep. Well, I just turned 76 when I was getting close to 65 and thought I would want to slow down. I thought I would get into something smaller. I think we mentioned I've done some pretty good size signs that, you know, uh, 10 feet by 18 feet size signs out of wood. Um, I, I was thought, well, I'm going to get slowed down a little. I want something I can handle a little easier, three or four or five foot long eagles. And I said, we used to have a lot of eagles on signs. And I've always liked eagles. Um, so I decided to do more of that, and the next thing I was promoting it a little bit. 
And then I got, kind of got known for it now. We ship them. We do more eagles out of New England than we do in New England. We just did a big court system in Georgia. And actually, we sent one. Wouldn't we just send one to a lawyer in Georgia, Dan? Yeah, yep. Um, the last one was sent out. Is that, and is that something that you, I mean, has that, I don't really know much about the history of yep. eagles on signs, but has that become a, a staple of, or a signature of your signs? Or is it no. very common all over? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the symbol is. I mean, it was the, you know it was the symbol of the country, and it was used in everything in the beginning. So you know, courthouses use it and things like that. So and people in the military. So no, it's, it doesn't relate so much to my signs. It was, you know, I mean, I, people. I've I've done many signs where somebody said, "And can you put an eagle on the building too?" I mean, that just says something they feel more to their clientele of who they are. Sure. Okay. So. And the eagle designs. Are they inspired by anything? I, I noticed you have six or so different ones that are at least your standards. Are those based on, um, you know, like on anything, or is that the kind? Of well, it's amazing when you get into something how much history there is. Yeah. Um, the probably the country's most famous eagle carver came from uh, Kittery, Maine, and, and did did a very famous eagle in Portsmouth for the Navy back in the either late 18 or early 1900s. It was a military ship, but it was a sailing ship. And had a six-foot wingspread figurehead, and it's in a museum in Newport News, Virginia, and survived. But he also made a lot of small, stylized eagles that have survived. And they now they used to sell for five or six dollars a piece. They now sell for oh, 50 to 150 thousand dollars each. Um, so they're collectible. There's a lot of old ones around that are antiques that were on courthouses or buildings like that, and military families. So it it's just it stayed a popular symbol for a lot of people. Um, we did one for Arnold Schwarzenegger, for the governor's mansion. You know, I mean, that's the kind of we do courthouses, but we also do lawyers' offices and just plain people who want to put one in their foyer or outside over their barn. Or cool. Yep. Um, I was going to ask another question about uh, you know. oh yeah, well some some simple facts. Do you have any idea how many signs you you've made over the years? It's a really hard one. But. No, when, when I turned 65, um, we changed the, the numbering system of our work orders. And I think since 19, uh, well, since I turned 65, which was roughly 10 years ago, we've done another 3,500 and some odd jobs. Now, I just got an inquiry for a town. They're looking for 17 signs for the cemeteries. So that might be a, but I might get somebody who comes just want an open sign for their business. I would say we probably average three for each job order we have on average. Uh, like we're doing a job with four pieces in it here, and it's very common. So I, you know, it's up in the thousands, way up in the yeah. thousands. How about materials? What are the materials that you work with in terms of the, the wood, um, you know, synthetic stuff too? Yeah, we started off with mostly pine. Uh, we went very quickly from northern or native to this area of pine and got into Western sugar pine, which was readily available. We've written a number of articles for magazines on what substrate do you use for signage. And I teach wood carving, and one of the things we get into is what wood do you use and why. And there's no perfect wood if there was, everybody would use it. But all the things you'd be looking for, rot resistant, you know, holes paint, uh, pretty clear, uh, readily available, reasonable in price, on and on and on. You could, if you started thinking about it, you come up with a lot of things. There is no perfect wood. Some of the woods that are rot resistant, like cedar or cypress or redwood, uh, are very, very pricey, and they're not, they're not bad to cow, but they're not the best to cow. 
others like the local pine now, all pines that we get now. What has changed over the years, and nobody's quite sure why. We know they, they send them through the kilns quicker, so they break down the structure of the wood a little bit quicker. Um, also, the soils conditions that change. One of the things I can tell you, and you probably don't want this in your film, but I take a lot of pride in what I do. And when I put a sign up somewhere, when I first started, most everything was local. And I go by two or three months later and look at the sign. I might go by a couple of years later and look at the sign. And probably 10 years ago, I started to go look at some of the signs we had done within the last month to three months. And when I saw the first one, it had like little black spots and stuff, gooey stuff, little, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was thinking it was, it was actually for the Cape Cod Conservancy. And I thought, well, they're exiting, they're accelerating and they're pushing exhaust fumes. And then it happened again, another sign. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing all my signs now. It's just air pollution. And no, eh, it's affecting the finish. So your paints don't last as long. But anyway, back to woods. Wow. Um, synthetics have come along. They now make a material. Uh, it's a high density urethane. It's like a coffee cup, only it's, you can buy it as hot as a brick. It carves just like wood. You can take a fine shaving. It's the same, similar. It's plastic and air but it's, it's totally rot resistant. And the most interesting thing to us is we started using it in response to people who were replacing an antique. We did an 11 foot figurehead for a Maritime Museum in Philadelphia. It rotted off the boat. We're doing a big eagle. Did you see it? Is the back door open? It's not. Well, if you look, there's a six foot eagle out there we're doing for the old city hall in Boston. Two wooden ones were carved and rotted off the building. So it's historic stuff that we're using this new material for, which is kind of interesting, uh, because it's you know it's closed cell and it'll never rot or check or whatever. So we found that kind of interesting. Is it's like a cop out though. Do you feel like is there, is there a bitter feeling behind that at all? Or is it it's not bitter. I mean, I I I'm 76 and I love what I do, and I marvel to this day. I get up every day and have a good day. I marvel. People pay me to do this. It just blows me away. Who gets to play all day and get paid for it? Um, so, but I'm a wood carver. And if I had to carve all the stuff out of this urethane, I would probably go, I don't know, sell real estate or be a bartender or something. But as long as I get to do the majority of the stuff in wood, it's okay. You know, I don't like it. Uh, it's gritty. I have the feeling if I get a little bit of mahogany of pine in my lung, it'll eventually rot and go away. If I get this stuff, I think it's going to be there forever. So yeah, I don't like it as well. Uh, more than that, one of the things that's changed with that is, you know, when I started out, everything literally, well, almost everything was literally done by hand. You laid out on a piece of paper and transferred it. And you, uh, we mixed a lot of our own colors. And my first job, I drove to Hyannis to get a piece of wood from Lumbia and a quart of paint from the paint store and the art supply to pick up a book of gold leaf. And uh, now we stock, we probably stock 15, 20 different types of wood. Um, All right, well, let's, let's also try this to, uh, we're, we're doing okay, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah fine. Let's, uh, it might work well at some point in the video to, if, if you can give us a step-by-step, and this will get cut down if we use it way shorter, but the process of someone saying, I want to sign, and then you say, okay, we're going to make one for you from start to finish, what happens? So literally, you know, from choosing the wood yep. to carving it, to sanding it and then painting it. Yep. And we might be able to get some good shots yeah, of that actual process. process. Um, but yeah, if you could give, yeah, just give a, give a run through of, they want to sign, and then, like you said, the design process, choosing the wood, carving it. Yep. Yeah. Go. 
Oh, I thought you <laughs> meant. Right now. No, well, I'm, I'm going to. Kind of what I'll do is I'll come up with a, either a real sign or a hypothetical sign. Did you see what's out there? That might be a good sign. No, that's what I mean. I, what we can do is we can actually get shots of you doing it. But if you can, if you can walk through it. Can you see what that is? Yeah, that's that's Mr. Vado, Joe Vado. Oh, Joe Vado, is that the? Yep, he's oh, opening right. a new fish market. Oh, Jason's wow. over. I couldn't believe it. That's, that's controversial, Paul. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, can you talk about how that that came to be? I mean, he came up to that kind of process. Yeah, um, yeah, we've done we've done minor work for him before, but I'm trying to think. It, it might pay to actually come up with something. You're not looking to finish this up by tomorrow afternoon, so to speak. No, we're not. And, and so again, if I could come up with something, you could, how long does it take to, to come in and just shoot something quick, like a step? Oh, look, it's really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so if you're not in a big hurry, why don't, why don't, you know, we sell enough work that I'll come up with something the next week or two that, that'd be great. Uh, maybe the process and, yeah. No, that'd be good. I mean, the only thing I was looking for here is you talk over and then we, we but we can, we can get a sound bite at each step, so we don't yeah. have to, yeah, that's fine. Right. That would, I mean, that would probably be the most helpful for, for viewers. I think for you too, is yep. people seeing a very sped up version of what. Well, it I can also talk about all the why's, the things we just talked about. Why would you know? Why? What is this design trying to do? And then the viewer can say it does or it doesn't to them. I mean, well, that's what I feel like all the way down right through the whole thing, because one of the things we pride ourselves in how long they last, so we can get yeah. through the process of why that happens. Right, and why these last. Long. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I think that's, that's probably got to be the biggest, I'd imagine, the selling point is like, man, why is it worth putting, um, you know, some thought and some money into making my sign? And, and hopefully a lot of people already recognize that, but there's definitely some people who, who don't. Who could be sold on, so. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a pretty good percentage every year of people who open a brand new business never having been in business before. Right. And those are the people that put very little thought into it. And I cannot tell you how many people come to me in business for 10 years and they suddenly decide, Boy, the sign's important. Some yeah. friend of mine got one and it helped their business. Can you do that for me? And absolutely. And that usually comes from somebody we helped. Yeah. yeah. Word of mouth is our best. I, I imagine. Yeah. No, like anything. It's, it's, it's easier to have somebody, you know, your friend convince you that it's important than it is to have the person. Well, I mean, if somebody, you know, a friend of yours tells you their business increased by 30%, they're yeah. going to, what did you do? Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. It would be definitely interesting to uh, to get that whole process, and even choosing, like I said, choosing the, the wood. Yeah. Like that, we can get some shots going into the barn and just yep. sifting through. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's beneficial to talk at all about? Yeah. You're gonna get drowned out. I'm pretty close. Oh, the rail. Yeah, it's right out the back door. But right after that passage, you can start yeah. talking about just the credit, the art of woodworking, and the craft of it. That has kind of a going and just purchasing a sign, like a metal sign from a company or a yep. factory. Is that something that you... Yeah, I think that, again, that it's all part of the process. I mean, I think... Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I'm an old soul. I don't know how to explain that to you. I have a ranch house. If you go to my house, you're going to find my refrigerator has wood panels on the door and tiger maple handles on my refrigerator. Yeah. You can't see my dishwasher. You know what a pie safe is? Go ahead, you had a question. Yeah, no, no, well, I was going to, I think, like, for, for Titan, it's, I mean, again, I think we're, we're coming from this perspective of, do people look at it, do people come in and they say, 
I want a wooden sign because I, I appreciate good art and I appreciate quality. Um, you know, obviously that's inherent in what, the way that you think. Um, well, it's the same thing with my dad's shop. Like, you don't go there to buy just a wine glass. Right. You want to buy a piece of craft that's crafted by humans. And yep. By man. And is it, do, you, do you kind of preach that to people? Or? Well, that's, no, I don't preach it to, no. One of the things you see, I don't have a very big sign. And, and most people, people who don't know what's in here, how do I word this? You can go to the Christmas tree shop, okay, and get a wine glass. There's a portion, and I don't want to get into the numbers because it's depressing, that wouldn't know the difference between that and your dad's. And I wouldn't know the difference. They don't care and they think they're the same. I asked the question to, to when we're talking on this subject, do you or your parents or whatever, or how many people do you know who own original piece of art? Pretty interesting question. Not a lot. Even our friends, not a lot. You know, if you can't get it at Ikea or at the Christmas tree shop, do you need it? I mean, that's a mentality of a lot of people. It's a, it, right now, society is all about having more for the money. So if you can get three for the price of one real good one, uh, Well, those, if you have the opportunity, you can show people it's important. Number one, when people, you know, people, it, it, the world has changed. When you go to buy a refrigerator, they say, do you want a five-year warranty, extra extended warranty plan with it or something? Uh, I think people more and more don't even expect things to last. I don't know. And when, when that's something people used to, you know, be concerned with. It's not so much now. But when you tell somebody... You know, this, we're going to guarantee the thing for eight to nine years. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to do anything. We'd like you to turn it once a year. There's a little bit of maintenance involved. And uh, they look at you like, really? Um, and, but then on top of it, you can see it's going to help your business. Um, you know, and I don't think we have to go, 20 businesses need a deduction here. I can get you 10 people to tell you it helped our business. And, uh, and that's when you're a business. But the other thing, we do a lot of residential work. Yeah. And residential, it's more... One of the things that we do is we can make something that somebody can't get anyplace else. You know, 10 years ago, we did a fireplace surround, and it had two mermaids on it. And the woman wanted the mermaids' faces to be her two daughters. Where do you, you can't go on Amazon and order that. Yeah, yeah, right. um, you know, I told you about putting the, win the window in a box. Where do you go to get that kind of stuff done? Somebody, we just did a sign, I mean, where do you go to get this? This is a guy who wants feng shui on his house in Maine. Where do you go to get those? Christmas tree shop? I mean, it's... Well, that's what I was thinking about for the, you said for the old town hall, that thing you're making, the kind of medallion. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't buy that anywhere. You can you can get that anywhere. So it's kind of, you are, you do have a different, it is a different kind of business versus something like my, my dad's business that you could literally get a replica, you know, get a wine glass here, get a wine glass there. For you, it's, I think it's a different... Well, there's both because then in your dad's business, the same thing. It's that person who wants something. They value something, and they can make a connection to the person. And there's a whole, it's, it's complicated, and it's different for different people. Um, I don't know. I mean, part of people buy stuff of value. I've had two friends say, and one, well, that was a year ago. I've already had one buy one. I said, I've got to get one of your eagles before you die, because it's got to go up in value. That's cool. You know? I mean, because they know it has value. We, stuff we did 20 years ago, like eagles artwork, it's selling more at auction now for what we charged for it back then. What can you what can you sell that's like that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Is that so? That's a little morbid in, in a positive way when what your friend said. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the whole thing is just cool. Yeah. You know, that's the, it, it's just right, Dan. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, you know, it's got an incredible. He's got an incredible happen. Yeah, he's. This is where he wants to be. Uh, that's really cool. Actually, yeah. I have three part-time people that, yeah. Dan says he doesn't want to be interviewed, but I bet you could twist his arm. I definitely want to get some shots up in the paint studio. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not good on camera, but. How do you know that? Bryce, you might be the next uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. <laughs> Try something, but you might not want to use it. Yeah, it might be good. Are you doing a lot of the painting now, Dan? Yeah, that's what we have some time, but yeah, that, I think that's a great start. We're gonna grab some shots of the place. That's cool. Yep. Unless there's anything else while you're like. No, I think we did what gives you a feel for things and where I'm coming from and what have you, and and what's important to me, and you know what you can squeeze into that. I would think it would be very helpful for anybody to get through the process of. Do you, okay, do you actually that, have? Oh, yeah, I was gonna say that makes it more friendly too. When yeah. People, I I just know that apprehension of oh man, a custom sign like that. If you can kind of like make that process simple and fun visually, yeah. I think that's, that makes it really inviting. For Do you have anybody that, I don't know if you mentioned that before, but any people that you've worked with that you, you sold a sign to that would be interested in being on camera kind of, kind of testimonial? I don't know if they'd be interested, but they'd be willing to do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, I think a lot of these people, I can remember, do you know the black cat and hyenas? Yeah, the cat. Yeah, well, I did that sign, I don't know how many years ago. Well, there again, how long, you know what that's made out of? Balsa wood. No way. Yep. It's outside? Yeah. You know what you do? You paint it. You keep it sealed and you don't have a problem. Yeah. It's been there, God, I don't know. Been there a long, long time. Huh? That sounds like a nightmare to cover. Well, I show with the slats in the slide presentation. The cat's pretty big on it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm starting with a chainsaw. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, I, it's, that guy took a lot of pride in his sign. These people do. They take a pride in their business. They take a pride in what they do, yeah. how they do it. Like your father must, or he wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You got to take pride in that. So, and so does a good lawyer or a good guy that sells gas. He does it better than other people. You know, people that take pride in, in what they do. Unfortunately, Paul has moved away from Sandwich, but has continued to still run his business with the potential of giving the business off to a current apprentice. Blindside is a Sandwich Community TV podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform or visit us directly at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org so you can stay up to date with all the newest content. Thanks for listening.